Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Cape Sports Now, the Cape Cod Times Facebook Live show and podcast covering all things Cape Cod Times. It's been a couple of weeks. We missed you. Welcome back. Uh, And it is the final week of the preseason for the spring. We're about three days away, four days away from the start of competition. Boys, uh, girls golf is actually going to get started a little bit before that. So new season right around the corner. I feel like there's always uh, some energy and excitement, Steve. Yeah, it's a story you kind of wrote in the offseason. We've been really lucky this spring. You know, the fields have been clear. Everyone's been outside. And I know that's, especially for the spring coaches, that's a big relief. They're not wasting time plowing snow or, you know, having makeshift makeshift practice areas. So Mm -hmm. certainly in that regard, everything looks to be uh, all full speed ahead. Definitely. I I think especially baseball and softball where – you really can't simulate those playing surfaces in indoors or, or parking lots or whatever else. The chance to actually get to work out on on uh, grass, on infields, on the dirt, that's really, really invaluable for uh, as you get into the first, especially as you get ready for the first couple of games. Yeah, of the I mean, if you've even seen Barnesville baseball, you know, practicing on the turf, for example, just for a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, teams adjust accordingly. Yep. Some places can have a little bit more access inside, but... Like I said, it's been pretty limited this year, and I think a lot of these teams are just ready to get going, start playing some games. So what we're going to do, since we don't have any games yet, uh, this is kind of going to be a predictions uh, episode. We're going to talk a little bit about the teams that were really good last year that we think have a good chance to, you know, be good again this year, or maybe newcomer teams that we think could step up. We'll start with baseball. We were talking about Barnstable. They got a new coach this year, Dave Foraker. You'd be hard-pressed to find someone with more experience than that. I mean, he's in the Massachusetts Baseball Hall of Fame. He has coached – he turned Brockton into a powerhouse. He's coached at Oliver Ames, Whitman Hanson, uh, UMass Dartmouth, uh, at least one other college, I want to say, maybe Curry, I think. Um, and so he has just a ton of baseball knowledge, a ton of energy, uh, which was really impressive when I met him. And I think he's got a squad of a lot of veteran kids who kind of want to make this last season for them a really good one. You know, I was talking to Ryan Proto. They're, we would assume they're presumed their starting catcher, probably going to be a captain again. He has been since he was a sophomore. I get the sense that he's a little unhappy, not with Barnstable, but that they keep going to the playoffs. And then other than uh, his sophomore year, getting bounced in the first round. And I think he's really eager to have a good deep playoff run before he goes off to D1 uh, UMass Lowell. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the good news for Barnstable is that a lot of those kids who are on those teams are back. You mm-hmm. talk about Colby Burke, really great corner infielder, mm-hmm. um, can you know make real good contact. Joe Yamok has led the team in RBIs last year. Yep. He's obviously going to be counted in, you know, kind of that cleanup or maybe three or five spot. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Clad, so- I expect, will be a probably top, or, top half of the lineup kind of guy. Right. And then, you, you know, we have... Uh, Ryan's younger brother, Casey Proto, who's mm-hmm. been pitching seemingly ever since he was like in, in even before he Pretty was in much. high school. I mean, he was their ace last year. He right. had the most innings. He had the most wins, most strikeouts. I mean, he was this pitching leader by far. He was just a freshman. I think another year of growth, another a year of experience pitching at the varsity level. I, I think he comes back even stronger this yeah. year. Barnstable certainly a desired position, you know, for a new coach. I mean, you just look at the youth program. You saw it this mm-hmm. past summer these kids, yeah. you know, going all the way through the New Englands and competing with some of the best in the region. Mm-hmm. And obviously, those kids go on, you know, they hope to become really good baseball players. And I think you're seeing some of that. Some of the, a lot of these kids have played Team Cape Cod. A lot of these mm-hmm. other kind of. Um, you know, summer league teams, and you're starting to see them, you know, wanting to finish out their high school careers on a high Yeah, note. American Legion or something like that. And, and Coach Foraker has talked about reaching out to the Barnstable Little League program. I think he's already organized some events, and there's going to be more 
as we get into the springs, we get into April. So definitely he is aware of the importance of having a youth feeder system uh, to make a successful varsity program. You know, Barnstable, they're at Sandwich on Monday at 4 p.m. That's another team I think could definitely make the playoffs and, and who knows how far they go from there. And then April 4th uh, is going to be their Old Colony League opener. That's against Dartmouth. That's going to be at Lowell Park in Ketuit. Barnstable's varsity baseball field is under construction, and it pretty much will be all spring. So their schedule is going to be a little hectic. I think they're going to play some games at Lowell, some games on their own JV field. I think some of their games where they, you know, they'll play Falmouth twice, but I think they might just go to Falmouth twice and be the home team for one of them. So, you know, check your schedules. It's going to be a little tricky to figure out where Barnstable is playing this year, but I think they'll definitely be a fun team to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be nice to see when that whole field is put together, be mm-hmm. all turf. And certainly that's been a, a direction for a lot of high schools. Go to turf. You, you'll have, you have to worry about fewer rain delays and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that plays out. But um, you mentioned Falmouth, you know, yeah. last year, the Atlantic Coast League, you're going to see the storyline kind of going throughout mm-hmm. the spring since this pretty much it. As soon as the season's over, spring season's over. So is the uh, Atlantic Coast League as we know it. Um, but certainly, as always, it's going to be a real competitive race, mm-hmm. especially when you look at the teams last year, D.Y., Sandwich, uh, especially Nasty even threw his mix in there, and Marshall's always difficult to be. So really, yeah. it's almost anybody's game. Well, all five of them were down. playoff teams last right. year. I mean, Falmouth and D.Y. met up in the South semifinals. Sandwich made it, and Marshfield was a low seed, but they did get in. Nasset got in, too. You know, I, I would probably give Falmouth the edge. You know, they're coming off the 2018 season where they made the South finals, which hadn't happened in the 25 years that Tom Kelleher was part of the program, either head coach or an assistant. Uh, You know, now Falmouth, they've got Josh Oliver taking over, basically following the same pattern of Kelleher, which is uh, assistant coach for a long time or sub varsity coach, and then gets recommended by the previous head coach to take over the program. Uh, Kelleher got it from cousins. Now Oliver got his recommendation from Kelleher. So, just sort of a seamless transition in the coaching staff. You know, Falmouth has Anthony Carson coming back. He was an all-star last year. Chris Perito, Max Roman were both really big players from them uh, last year. At the same time, Nasset has Stephen Kalanick, who's going to UMass next year. Sandwiches Tyler Woodica, among others, who's going to St. Anselm. Dennis Yarmouth, I think Camp Taubert is going to have a real good spring. You know, and that's one player from each team, and there's plenty of others who are going to contribute I really don't know who I think is going to win the ACL, and I think it could come down to the last couple of weeks of games for them. No, absolutely. Um, and, and like you saw last year, even found with a, a team that was 500, even yeah. a team that doesn't do well or doesn't win the ACL could go on and make a playoff run. That's the thing is that there's, it really is not a guarantee. And for all these teams, even if they don't have the record they want, I think mm-hmm. their goal is just to get to the postseason because it's found with proved anything can happen once you get there. And I think the ACL is a good uh, – slate of games to play against as you get into the playoffs. You know, you want good competition. You don't want to be blowing people out. I mean, Falmouth, they were a low seed because they went through about a week and a half stretch where I think they scored one run in three games or something like that. And then they got to the playoffs and their offense caught fire. Uh, So, you know, baseball is like that. It's very streaky. It's very momentum based and you can sort of be down for a little while and then you can just get hot two days later, and then go on a big, long winning streak. And you can only ride your best pitcher for so long because chances are they're going to start your opener, and then you got to go to somebody else. Exactly. So as we said, for Sandwich, they are going to host Barnstable on uh, Monday at 4 p.m., so a week from now. Falmouth, they are uh, at home against Martha's Vineyard at Fuller Field next Monday. That's a 4 p.m. game there. Uh, 
I think those are the definitely the big teams to watch. I think in the Cape and Islands League, probably probably I would say Monomoy or one of the Sturgis schools would maybe be my my favorite, but the CNI is kind of wide open there. Yeah. Or St. John Paul. We'll see. I mean, remember too with all these sports of vineyards now in the Cape and Islands, they've mm-hmm. had some solid teams in the past. They, they could factor in there as well. So it'll be very interesting to see how they stack in. We'll turn it over to softball. I I mean the obvious team to watch this year, I think, is Monomoy. They were the best team during the regular season on the Cape. They were 20-2. and two. Uh, Granted, that was only good enough to get them to the second round of the playoffs before they lost. You know, we can talk about whether or not the Cape and Islands League in softball is the best caliber of competition for them to face. But the Sharks have Molly Charest, and Molly Charest was the best pitcher on the Cape without question last year. She was the Cape and Islands League MVP the question with her and with this team moving forward is who is she going to throw to and who is going to bat beside her? Because last year it was Emma Thatcher, her catcher, one of her best friends, uh, and also the person who hit right behind next to her in the lineup. They were the three, four hitters. So that's the big stop uh, spot that Stacey Arnold, the head coach there, has to fill. Uh, Monomoy does have back uh, Sam Barr, who was an all-star last year. She just signed with Simmons. So that's another veteran bat they can get, but I think they are going to have to have some youth developed a little bit uh, to replace what they lost. Yeah, and the depth has certainly been there. I mean, you've seen in past years, um, Yarnell's not afraid to throw in some freshman or sophomore in there who she thinks can you know get some production, get on mm-hmm. base, get in the lineup and stuff like that. So I'm sure there'd be a plethora of people who who play in it, but certainly for Thatcher's, that's going to be big shoes to fill. And it's just someone to have the trust to either call pitches or just know what to say at the right time Definitely. when you have to go out and talk to your pitcher. So certainly be interesting uh, watching that storyline there. But certainly Monomoy last season outstanding. The only two losses in the regular season was a doubleheader to Bishop Fenwick, I believe. Yeah. And other than that, yeah, they were perfect. And and I like you said, I don't really see anyone in the Cape and Islands really giving them. I think Nantucket gave them a bit of a run last year. And one of those games. Yeah, um, a little. Nantucket was good last year, mm-hmm. but they were also, I mean, Monomoy won the league pretty handily. Right, and it's always interesting to see them go up against a team like DUI team. They play yeah. twice a year. Mm-hmm. Kind of a good barometer for where that team is. And Definitely. usually they play once in April. That kind of give you an idea of where this team is going. Mm-hmm. Um, but Monomoy is going to open up Tuesday against Sturgis West at that Lopes Field in Hyannis, yep. located kind of uh, behind center field of uh, under construction, another park under construction, which is McKeon Park. Yeah, it's right next to McKeon Park by the uh, by the harbor down there. Honestly, it's about a half a mile from our office here. Right. Uh, so it's an easy it's an easy game. You put to the get mileage to. down for that one. No. I <laughs> probably will leave my car in the lawn and walk because if a foul ball gets hit there, it's it true. will probably shatter your windshield. Good advice. And then real quickly, Monomoy is going to open at home against Rising Tide on April fourth. Yep. So. Always a good little atmosphere there. Monomoy tends to turn on a pretty good softball crowd, kind of mm-hmm. buried back behind the school over there. And I think in the uh, we were talking about the ACL. I think the ACL softball slate is pretty stacked too. Obviously, Falmouth uh, was really good last year. Dy Sandwich Marshfield won the whole thing. Uh, they were the defending. You know, they were the number one seed in Division One South last year. You know, I think Dy has had. If you look at the last five to six years, probably the most success of any of these Cape uh, softball teams in the ACL. But a lot of the kids who were really key to those good long runs and successful seasons aren't with the team anymore. So DY, I think you know it's it's got to be Abby Hicks's year. She there was some race for who was going to like competition for who would be the ace last year. Hicks kind of emerged as the clear one for that. I think she's going to be the ace again this year. 
I wouldn't count out Maddie Medeiros or Julia Kent, who are both all-stars last year. But, you know, Falmouth and Sandwich also get back some key players. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Maeve Cutter, for example, is an all-star. Molly Brew, she's been pitching for their Falmouth the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, Falmouth is interesting. Always seems to play a little bit of spoiler and gives, you know, yes. steals one of these ACL games once in a while. Or I think a couple of years ago won the Cape Cod Classic against. They did very last talented. year. They did last year yeah, too. Yeah, they as well. beat Dy in the That's first right. round. They shut him out, and then uh, they beat. I'm pretty sure it was Sandwich. Right. Um, Nasset. That team has kind of got to take another step before it can really compete with some of right. these other teams. I think. Absolutely. You know, for Sandwich. Rain Turley has been really impressive for, you know, the entire time she's been a varsity player. I mean, she's been big. I think she's basically since she was a freshman. Uh, she was an all-star last year. You also had Jax Bolu make the all-star team last year. And they finished second behind Marshall in the final standings in the ACL. Uh, so they were the best Cape team in the in league competition during the regular season. I kind of want to lean towards DY, but my hunch is Marshall is going to be pretty good, and we just don't know what exactly they're going to bring to the table until they start, you know, playing Cape teams. Um, Sandwich could easily leapfrog again, but I'm guessing all four of these teams that we've discussed will wind up at least making the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing for DY, I mean, clearly I don't think they're the same team as when they had Sam Feinstein kind of pitching away. Or Patty um, Newhart. All the way through, right. So I I think the big thing for DY is just limiting defensive errors. Mm -hmm. I think last year they got really caught up with throwing the ball around. That really cost them at times, so... I, I don't think, because, again, you're not going to have knockdown pitchers who are going to strike out, you know, 15, 16 batters yep. a game. You just need to, you know, get the ball in play, get the easy ground ball outs or pop-ups and all that stuff. If they can do that and, and feel cleanly, I mm-hmm. think DY is going to have a better sh- chance of making a run at things and kind of not scrambling to the end of the year just to get into the tournament. Definitely. But certainly there's a lot of potential, a lot of returners on this team who can play well at times. They just need to really crank it up this mm-hmm. year. So then uh, Sandwich, they're going to host Millboro on Friday. DY is at Falmouth on April 3rd. What an opener. (laughs) Yeah, to open ACL play. That'll be a great game. And then Sandwich is going to Marshfield the same day. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that'll wrap it up for softball. Let's turn it over to lacrosse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, certainly, you know, we had some real thrillers in lacrosse last year, mm-hmm. most of it coming out of Falmouth. Yeah, I think Falmouth is going to have another good spring. I think three or four of the teams, like lacrosse, softball, baseball, mm-hmm. all going to be good this right. year. Man, it's tough to tell. You know, it's a long season when you, when you really break it down. I mean, it goes quickly, but, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of games kind of packed in there. But, you know, the Clippers did make it to last year's sectional final, lost an 8-7 heartbreaker to Situate. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have so much talent back that really, I think, can make another run at the league title. And the thing is, when you get to that D2 thing, it's such a it's such a random draw because all those teams in D2 South are so talented. Yeah, and there's not many of them. There's only right. usually like, what, five or six? Right. I mean, for lack of a better term, it really is a crapshoot depending mm-hmm. on who you get matched up with. But certainly the leader of that team is going to be Colin Almeida, yeah. the Penn State-bound senior um, who miraculously played last year through, I believe, a kidney injury. He was still able to yeah, score against Yeah, they were not like, fully healthy in no. the playoffs, and I think that was definitely one of the reasons they maybe right. lost that game. You get a healthy Almeida back, and Jake Rosado, too, who's going to play at D1 UMass Lowell next year. Yep. He's going to be solid on defense. Um, Almeida had 75 goals last year, and Rosado led the defense to only allowing 123 regular season goals last year. It's actually the best among Cape teams. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Big part of that too was Jack Hamilton, who was a sophomore last year, coming up to junior. You have, um, you know, Hamilton split, you know, reps at goal mm-hmm. um, with Dylan McDonald, but now Hamilton's the lone guy, and to have that uh, experience coming back as a goaltender, that's going to be huge. And I think Definitely. that defense is certainly going to win a lot of games for it this year. 
Um, Clippers certainly look to be in good shape. Marshfield and Sandwich will obviously be very difficult games. I think Nossett has talent, but they lost their biggest piece, which was midfielder Aiden Sullivan, who's now at BC High, and mm-hmm. good for him. I mean, he was one of the best players. It is one of the best players yeah. in the state. Um, so, you know, Co- Coach Chris Gray saw him in the winter, and, you know, he was happy for him and, and obviously understood it. But going back to Falmouth, you know, even though there's a couple pieces lost on that team, you still have ACL All-Stars, Jaden Godet, Nick Champagne back. Champagne, very good hockey player, also very mm-hmm. good at lacrosse. Um, those guys up front are going to be very good. Uh, him along with Liam Enigus, um, whose older brother Nolan, Nolan yeah, is at uh, Stony, Stony Brook. Brook. Yeah, still taking face-offs, doing all right. That's Facebook. Went about went about fifty percent of his face-offs when I was looking the other day. So, you know, not not great, not bad, uh, but certainly you know, D one. It runs I mean, in the family. Yeah. And, uh, um, so it's going to be it should be a good year for Falmouth. They're going to open up actually Thursday. They're getting a quick start to the season. They're at Bishop Stang. You know, I was talking to Coach Rory Morse. A lot of teams actually dropped them this year, so mm-hmm. they kind of had to shuffle mm-hmm. their schedule around a little bit. They'll still get to to play in the um, in the April vacation tournament up in Foxborough. That's always a good competition. Although he said Marshall might be in that. That's a team he doesn't want to see more than twice a year. <laughs> um, they're going to play against Winchester, very talented team at the end of the year. So this team will get his experience, even though it had to shuffle its schedule a little bit. It's played some of the real good teams like Franklin in the past, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, certainly if this team stays a little bit healthier than last year, I see no reason why they can't be back in the sectional final. And we'll see where we go from there. Um, Sandwich, um, their home, or excuse me, Fallon's home opener is going to be against Sandwich, and that's at 4 p.m. on April 4th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandwich, a team that actually beat Fallon in the regular season last year, yeah, is um, certainly going to be a pretty solid team, especially with uh, Tim Ladner, their face-off guy back. I mm-hmm. mean, he really does play a significant role. At one point, I think was winning like 87% of his faceoffs last year. You can get possession that many times, you know, after a goal, that's going to make a big difference for your team. So mm-hmm. to have him back, I think Sandwich could go a pretty long way too. Sure. And then they, their season opener is uh, Thursday at Bishop Stang at 4 p.m. Falmouth opener is Falmouth. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Uh, you know, you were talking about hockey players who make the transition over to lacrosse and keep the success going. Talking about Bourne, I mean. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> right. This team really is loaded. And it's a, we forget this team wins usually in the last three years, won between 15 and 17 games mm-hmm. um, per season in the regular season. And, you know, all stars like Christian Mulker and Max Hess, these are seniors now. We just saw them coming off a tremendous ho- boys mm-hmm. hockey season. I think they're going to be anxious to get out there and, and, you know, start building up towards something. Definitely. Again, this year. Um, you know, Kyle Fortune and Emery Dunbar are big losses for this team. They were very good, especially in the cross. Excuse me, but uh, the Canalmen were, you know, they're gonna. They're also mixing up their schedule a bit this year. They played, as I last saw it, they played Powerhouse Hole twice last year. Those mm-hmm. are two of their losses. I believe they're only gonna play them once this year, which is big. And then another cool addition, they're actually gonna play Sandwich at the end of the regular season. Okay, kind of make it a de facto Canal Cup there sure. in, in uh, Lacrosse. So that can certainly go either way. Um, certainly, other players that are gonna be good. Uh, Max's. You know, twin brother Joe is going to be mm-hmm. usually a pretty good player, more towards the midfield than back. Um, so there's a lot of talent there, and they're going to play Nossett twice each, um, again this year. They got swept last year, but mm-hmm. Nossett with losing Sullivan, I think, and Nossett lost Trevor Good as well. I think that Bourne can actually win both of those games and I would, set itself yeah. up really nicely for a potential number one seed in D3 self. Mm-hmm. To be very difficult because clearly Cohasset and Orr will kind of run roughshod. Yeah. South that. Shore League, man. South Shore League's good. But that doesn't mean you can't get a good seed number. The no, problem it's is. It's on winning percentage. So, But uh, clearly Cohasset and Norwell are, are the, uh, as always, are going to be the teams to beat in that For region. Sure. 
Um, Bourne's going to open up against Upper Cape, uh, kind of a neighborhood rivalry. Mm-hmm. That's at 3.30 p.m. April 1st. No April Fool's that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and real quickly for the Cape and Islands League, you know, Nantucket went 16-2 last year overall. Always seems to have that superior depth and size and, and talent compared to the rest of the league. They're going to go open up uh, at home against Falmouth Academy uh, at 5 p.m. Thursday. Actually, the whole Cape and Island opens up on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Another cool storyline, Cape uh, Cape Cod Academy is going to get going with varsity play this year. So nice little return for them. Yep. I believe actually boys lacrosse is the first, if, one of if not the first sport at Cape Cod Academy. So kind of a historical return for them. Might be. I mean, it, it went away for a while and then it came back and then it, it didn't. So it's kind of been off right. and on for the last couple of years. But yeah, I agree. I Maybe the Vineyard can challenge. Maybe St. John Paul. I don't see any of the other Cape and Islands teams. I, Nantucket just seems to run over the league. Right. Um, Girls are crossing, you know, and again, sticking with the, the theme of the, the ACL. Fountains mm-hmm. and Sandwich, boy, those are going to be some really interesting games. We're yeah. going to get one right off the bat, too. We'll get to that in a second. But certainly the returners that are going to be big, you know, look no further for Fountains than Quinn O'Rourke. Mm-hmm. 83 goals total last year. Um, likely bound for Division Two St. Anselm. Uh, she was certainly, you know, the go-to goal scorer. But the thing is with Falmouth last year, you had so many other scores around her, players like Hannah Ginsberg and uh, Kyla Zotto, for example. So mm-hmm. the, those players have all graduated, and now O'Rourke kind of has to recreate that offense. There'll be a few good players, um, such as, uh, I have my notes here, um, Kate Brody, mm-hmm. Madison Robichaud, players we saw in hockey that were pretty good as well. Abby Turner and Lindsey Bossman will yep. also kind of have to make that difference in the midfield. Um, but, yeah, losing uh, Kyler Rosado with 59 goals last year, Rachel Curtis 55 goals, and Hannah Gidsberg 42 goals. I mean, that's a lot of goals yeah. that Falmouth lost last year. At least two, maybe all three of them are playing either lacrosse or field hockey at the next level, I believe. Right, so a lot of, a lot of um, really good athletic talent there. But on the sandwich side, you got Sam Garassi, 89 yeah. goals uh, last season total. Um, she uh, has already signed a Division II Florida Southern, which I believe has been to quite a few Division II national championship games. It's mm-hmm. one, I think one in 2016. Okay. They won it all in 2016, and then last year I think they lost in the final or semifinal. So very good program that uh, Garassi's going to, and clearly she comes from a big family name. Her older brothers played lacrosse at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of those two were, were really great head-to-head last year. Falma swept the season series and went 17-1 in the regular season. Right. Only two losses of the year were to Marshfield once in the regular season and, and then, then once in the playoffs. Yeah, which... Very tough, difficult after the way that season went. Um, but, you know, they won an overtime game in Sandwich. And uh, I think this year, though, you might see the tables turned a little bit because for Sandwich, it's got a lot of good things going for it. Their goalie, uh, Morgan House, is back. She mm-hmm. was only the first year playing goal last year and um, allowed under eight goals per game during the regular season. So she's going to be a, you know, a good piece to have back a senior. Um, Fallon's going to lose its goalie, Taylor DeHedeville, who for four years was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll likely have a younger replacement this year. So it'll be a little bit of growing pains for the new Falmouth goaltender. And talking with coach Derek Zauer, he said it's going to be most likely a freshman. So defense in front's going to have to play real well and get that goalie acclimated mm-hmm. uh, to varsity lacrosse. Sandwich is going to have a lot of really good returners. Uh, Tatum, LaRochelle, Ingrid Knoss, um, Macy White, Hamlin O'Neill, they should all be key to their success. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I mentioned, Falmouth losing all those goal scorers while Sandwich is keeping a lot of those secondary scorers. Yeah, I think Sandwich is sounding like the team that might be the favorite here, at least in, of these two against each other. Right, but you don't know. And, and you know, we're going to get to see, luckily, the first matchup against each other is going to be April 4th. So mm-hmm. we don't have to wait very long to see how these teams stack up against each other. 
Um, and then the, that's going to be in Sandwich, and then the rematch is going to be April 30th in Falmouth. So. Okay. Um, other openers, Sandwich is going to be at Marshfield uh, at 4 p.m. April 2nd, and then same day, uh, Dennis Yarmouth opens its season at Falmouth. So. Expect Falmouth will win that. Uh. Should, yeah. I mean, Dennis Yarmouth is still a program kind of build back up mm-hmm. a little bit. And, you know, I think once a lot of these teams that haven't fared well in the ACL, I think once they get to the Cape and Islands, I think they're going to start to open up and maybe see a little sure. bit more success. Definitely. Uh, my Cape and Islands pick, I think pretty clearly Martha's Vineyard is, is going to be the team to beat. You know, Nantucket and Monomoy put together pretty good seasons, but when you look at getting back Eddie Heyman, who scored over 100 goals yeah, last season, Heyman is, yeah. <laughs> she's clearly, you know, the, the favorite to be, you know, uh, Cape and Islands MVP. Um, she's actually going to be heading to Division Three Middlebury next year to join Jane Early, clearly a uh, Falmouth Academy star player from last year. Yep. Um, Heyman played for FA uh, when she was, I think, an eighth grader, and then she transferred back. You know, she went back to the yeah. Island. You do get a lot of vineyard kids end up at Falmouth Academy. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, they'll be they'll be teammates again, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Early, um, by the way, actually scored five goals in the first half, a twenty-one eighteen win over Bowden on Saturday. So, um, as a freshman, early stepping in, playing a pretty mm-hmm. solid role already. But uh, the Vineyard, you know, 13-5 and five overall last year, should perform well against Cape and Islands League competition. I think the Vineyard, I think, you said the Noro Corhassa that knocked them out last year. Mm-hmm. Again, the two powers in Division yeah. Three lacrosse. Same teams that always knock out Falmouth Academy. <laughs> right, right. So, again, Monmoy might compete well, but they lost their big score, Amamon. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a tough loss for them. And, you know, we'll, we'll battle it out, and every team's goal is going to be to make the tournament. So nope. I don't see why Monmoy... Um, and Nantucket can't do the same again. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be a very uphill battle once they get there. Uh, open up for Martha's Vineyard is going to be um, 3 p.m. Thursday. They're going to host Sturgis's. Yep. So. We'll switch over to tennis. Sticking with the Vineyard. Yes, <laughs> sticking with the Vineyard. I mean, when you're talking about girls' tennis on the Cape, there's no program that's had more success over the last four years, really, I mean, in the state, than the Martha's Vineyard girls' tennis team, which they've won four straight state championships. They jumped up to D2 last spring basically just to see if they could do it. I remember talking to their coach, and she was like, we just want a different competition. Uh, but that coach, Nina Bramhall, she's not back. It's uh, uh, Chris uh, Scott, I think is his name, taking over the team. They also graduated the doubles team seniors, Lizzie uh, Williamson, who never lost a varsity match in four years, and Kat Roberts, who lost only once. That includes both of them spending some time as singles players. Uh, the good news is... They played at one doubles together, and everybody else could be back. You do have some transferring things where people will leave Vineyard High School and go to the Vineyard Charter School or the other way around. So there might be some, still some fluctuation in the roster. But if everybody else comes back, this team is still very, very strong uh, and should easily, I'm not going to say win a state championship, but they are built very much to, to win a lot, a lot of matches this year. You have back. Could have back Kelly Claren, Victoria Scott, Hannah Rabaska. They were all three singles players. Uh, Molly Pogue and Cheska Quinlan-Potter were the two doubles team at state last year. But in general, I think doubles teams tend to be a little bit more in flux, especially early in the season. Last year, the Roberts-Williamson team didn't really emerge as the one doubles team until I think it was about three weeks in. So we'll see still what kind of uh, movement there is on the double squads. I bet the first week or two, we see a lot of different combinations. But if you have Clarence, Scott, and Asuka, you really only need one doubles team to win each match, and you're probably going to wind up winning as a team. So I think this team is really looking pretty good. 
I don't want to talk about a fifth straight championship, but I'm sure they are thinking, you know, people like Scott Claren, who have been there for a few of these now, I think they definitely would like to, to win another one for sure. And definitely should be favorites to win the Cape and Islands. Oh, this yeah. Year. I don't see anybody. Ch- I mean, they're at Monomoy on Thursday, at Rising Tide April 4th, home against Nantucket on April 6th. I don't think anybody in the Cape and Islands is going to challenge them. That might be the one really unwelcome guest to the to the Cape and Islands, yeah, right? <laughs> just based on how good that program is. But yeah. no, no, and on a serious note, certainly it's it's a program a lot of people love and look to mm-hmm. um, each year, and uh, it's been really fun following them. And like you said with the doubles, yeah, it's going to be a lot of plug and plays. But in the long run, we've seen that pay off because mm-hmm. when you need that combination together, and you know somebody's down or something like that, mm-hmm. you can always have another player step in. So, Nosset and Sturgis girls were also very strong last mm-hmm. year. I, the Sturgis girls had a number one seed. Both of those teams, I think, the, the especially Nosset, what they lost to graduation last year is a little bit concerning, so they're going to have to fill up their uh, line. You know, They'll line up a little bit more. And then Nosset also lost pretty early in the playoffs, which gives me a little bit of pause. But we'll see if among the returners, if that experience motivates them a little bit, which, you know, Nosset Boys Soccer, how many times have they talked about the motivations of getting knocked out early, you know, the previous year, and then they, they go and win the state championship. On the boys' side, Sturgis West, you know, they lost Jack Andre uh, last year, and he was, you know, their, their MVP. He was their best player by far. But pretty much else, everybody else is back. And, you know, Sturgis West, they went 14-2 and last year. Uh, they reached the D3 South semifinals. You should have back Noah Welpley and Nate Priquette. Uh, they were a junior. They'll be a junior and a sophomore this year, respectively. That could easily be your one doubles team. Satria Knight and Owen Conlon are both singles, uh, are both seniors who can play singles or doubles. Ben Murray and Sam Goldberg could also both be back. If they can get all the pieces and put them together correctly, I think they'll uh, have a great season. I think the league is going to come down to them or the Vineyard Boys, who have been really strong for the last sometimes few years. Sometimes overshadowed. Very much overshadowed by literally some, and sometimes their sisters, because I think they've got a Pogue and so does uh, Martha's Vineyard on the girls' side. Uh, so I think that's the competition to watch uh, in the Cape and Islands League. I probably would pick the Vineyard Boys to win it, but I could also see uh, Sturgis winning enough other games to maybe actually wind up with a higher seed, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's kind of cool as, you know, we'll, we'll get separate teams this year. Sturgis has been a team in the past. and um, Co-op, yeah. But now they're going to split in half. Sturgis West, they're going to play Sturgis East for the first time in boys tennis. That's Thursday at Johnny Kelly Park in South Dennis. The girls are also uh, playing Thursday. I want to say at 4C is, I think. That's usually where the... Tennis venues always change. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's <laughs> one of Sturgis's go-to tennis locations is Cape Cod Community College. So yeah. Good stuff. All right, uh, hit um, some track real quickly. Um, again, you know, it sounded like broken record here, but you know, looking at the ACL competition, especially on the girls' side, really so much talent packed mm-hmm. in um, with with these teams here, and it's going to be great. After we just saw an outstanding indoor, you know, run by a lot of these athletes, yeah, going to the outdoor season. Mm-hmm. Nas, it's certainly Monique Malcolm's the one I'm really interested in, coming off a really great all-state performances in yeah. both the um, in the 300 and the 55. I mean. Right. Um, she should be strong in the sprints, but I'm really interested to see if she, they get her into the jumps as well, kind mm-hmm. of into the long jump or triple or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because with her speed, I mean, she certainly can generate enough to, I think, perform really well in those events and get those points, those all more important points when you get to the outdoor season. 
because um, we've seen some great showdowns between Nosset and DY and even Sandwich. Oh, yeah. That it's going to come down to the last any points you can get. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see what she does there. But on distance wise, Nosset's also very good. Izzy Nobly and Abby Farrell should be really strong in the distance team. Kara Moore, really good, um, kind of a sprint middle distance runner. She made all states in four hundred mm-hmm. in the four hundred last year. So all of them, I think, um, should make Nosset the favorite to you know go win the ACL title again. But it's certainly really close, you know, last year's championships at DY. Yeah. So we'll see what plays out. Um, Sandwich, I just profiled uh, junior Emma Eastman, mm-hmm. who's clearly bound to have another really good season. Um, she'll likely be a force in the mile, maybe in the two two mile or the eight hundred. Um, Kylie Holt was also key in sprints last year. Mm-hmm. Um, should be really good. Um, clearly, Sandwich is a team that's going to favor a lot in the running events to keep up, but. Wasn't that long ago? I believe 2016 that they won the ACL title. So if they can get some of their athletes, you know, shaping up. You got Matt McLean now working with some of the throwers, the mm-hmm. sandwich football coach. Yep. Um, so I think that should be a big positive for a lot of their throwers and um, field event athletes. But then obviously D.Y. You know, the the power in the last couple of years. No better leader than uh, Louisville bound Tiana Basie. We've talked ad nauseum on this show mm-hmm. about. Needs no introduction, but she, you know, she won the discus last year at I'll all states. Her anyway. <laughs> yeah, she won the discus last year at all states and was second in the shot at all state last year. So no reason why should she couldn't come back and and possibly win both. Be a great great finale to her high school career. Uh, Emily Edwards also did uh, high jump at all states last year. Uh, Carly Coughlin, who mm-hmm. seemingly been a part of the um, NASA distance you know program ever since she was an eighth grader, should also be solid in the distances this year. So. Uh, it, it's going to be fun, especially on the girls' side, to watch For these sure. three teams really go head-to-head. A lot think- of talent packed in. I think Nosset is maybe a little bit more built for the track events, and DY with Basie as the core is built for the field events uh, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. So but we'll see how Malcolm, like I said, if Malcolm's in those field events, that could really yeah. swing a couple things. Yeah, for the jumping ones, certainly. But I don't know that I think Nosset's going to have anybody who can compete with DY right. in the throwing events. You don't want to leave out the boys' side, too. I mean, when you look at Nosset, you have Matt Cahill, who... Mm-hmm. He didn't really compete much in spring last year because of a back injury, and I think his back was bothering a little bit towards the end of winter. Mm-hmm. So it'll be really interesting to see if he comes back because he cleared 6-7 in indoor. <laughs> yeah, the boys' side, Marshfield is the, the specter on the, waiting on the other side right. of the bridge. They are such a big team, and for whatever reason, that doesn't seem to translate as much on the girls' side, but on the boys' side, they've kind of steamrolled the competition a little bit in the last few years. In the years. track, absolutely. But I think there's still room in the field events for yeah. you know teams to take some. And Fallon's got some good athletes. You know, Mar- um, Marvel Nixon, I believe, had a pretty good indoor season. Mm-hmm. A couple of those sprinters in there um, should be pretty good. So uh, meets are going to begin April 2nd and April 3rd. Um, you know, check your local calendar because meets all over the place head to head. So, and it's a lot easier in the spring because you actually have the meets at the school. That's right. So no more driving to <laughs> Reggie Lewis and back three times a week. That's right. <laughs> so uh, I guess we'll wrap it up real quickly. Um, the only boys volleyball team we have in the region is Barnstable, Barnstable. team that's really kind of struggled over the last couple seasons. Hasn't mm-hmm. made the postseason since 2016. The last one a tournament game 2015. Um, doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but only a few wins for Barnstable last year. Um, should be a couple returners who should play a factor. Max Olson, for example, should be key up front of the net. Mm-hmm. Junior Caldera, we were talking before the show, has been probably one of their upside, better players. Yeah. He's just got to get his form down a little bit, learn how to hit with a little bit more power and control. And then Colin Sylvester's got a lot of varsity experience. So, you know, some big losses. It, to make the playoffs should be this team's first goal. And then thinking about anything else comes after that. 
They are at Boston Latin on Friday. It's a 5 p.m. game. Their home opener is against Quincy on Wednesday, April 3rd at 5 p.m. All right. All right. That's just about to do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you missed any of the live show, you can check it out at capecuttimes.com slash capesportsnow. Um, also, follow any updates clearly. Like I said, we've been lucky with the weather, but yeah, right. what chances are luck's going to run out eventually. So, any cancellations, uh, be sure to check back to our Twitter page at, at sports uh, – or, excuse me, at – uh, sports sports CCT. CCT. Yeah, yeah, I did get it right. See, this is what happens when you don't do a show for a week. Forget <laughs> it. Um, you can also download the podcast um, anywhere you find podcasts available, Google Google Play, Apple, all that good stuff, yep. Android devices. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Steve underscore Dederian. My last name's D-E-R-D-E-R-I-A-N. I'm at Matt Goisman CCT. That's M-A-T-T-G-O-I-S-M-A-N-C-C-T. You can also find these episodes on our Facebook Pay, uh, Cape Cod Times page and also at capecodtimes.com slash Cape Sports now. All right. See you outdoors. See you then. Come say hi.